Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A grain of rice. A grain of rice. If I want to tip the scale. Just remember that, then. There's a small bit of a needle there. Now, come on, Mayo. You've got to get Andy Moran into the game. Our mission was to show us that we're no longer the whipping boys of Munster. <laughs> Come on, we crack on, we crack on. There's great stuff here. <laughs> okay, I see the recording button I put on there. Uh, in the camp. Guys, hard to believe we're into the coming in towards the last week in July. Um, for some people, it's been a desperate long summer, but I suppose here we've been banging it out there every week, and and uh, it's been I found the time flying. To be honest, it's, I can't believe it's nearly August, but. Today, we're back to our group format, which is great. Two great weeks, I have to say, with David Hurdy. Um, not afraid to talk out about his time in, uh, involved with Kilkenny and, and the ups and downs of it. Uh, and then Ken McGrath last week, just about. Oh, that was a great, you know, just honest pod on life and, and hurling and, you know, not being caught up and not winning the All-Ireland medal and things like that. But just, just great stuff. And it's up today. We're back uh, in group setting with TJ, Mark and Larry and we're delighted uh, for the first time this year to be joined by Ken Hogan. Ken, how's the farm? You're looking fit there, kid. Being and me and yeah, it's been a lot of time the club pitches at the moment. I was over in Lurra last night, there was Camogie, there was under 12 hurling and there was senior club training. John Mack is back, John McIntyre is back in Lurra, Dale also, we're all excited he, about that. Is so, he still fitter than all the players, Ken? He's still fitter on all the pairs, and his hair is black as well, Dalo, by the way. I know. Jesus <laughs> I know. He's been taking supplements long before the rest of us, that man. Yeah, yeah. He'd love to play himself, I'm sure, but uh, tremendous to see the, all the county players involved. Um, I don't know what you think, but um, watching the Wexford Championship at the weekend and watching the Dublin Championship, I thought the standard was very high. I thought the teamwork was very good. And, of course, the impact of the county player uh, paid huge dividends, particularly, obviously, for St. Martins with Lee Chin. But I, I think, like, even looking at Bonner and Brian last night training with the club, it's a huge boost to the whole parish. And then the under-12s won, and the lads came down and congratulated them. And I think it's a fantastic uh, situation at the moment, however way it, it panned out, that the club players or the county players are totally involved and immersed with their clubs at the moment. Yeah, I, I was in Clarecastle last night as well, Ken, over trying to see would I sneak a ticket for the weekend, which is unlikely. I think there's going to be a draw for nine <coughs> tickets among 350 members, I think. So anyway, no matter how long you play it, you'll be, you'll be, <laughs> we might have to try and climb a wall somewhere. But how was, just on a sneaky inter-county uh, one there, myself and TJ would be interested, how was the Bonner moving? Bonner's moving well. Um, obviously, from our point of view, we lost our centre-back last weekend, who was Michael Dolan. Um, unfortunately, in a in a in a sort of one of those farming incidents, but thank God it's just the top of the tongue. But uh, their Bonner is is absolutely motoring well. But 
he could be actually played in a more of a midfield area for Laura, I think, at this stage because of moving back players and things like that. But he's in absolutely superb shape. And uh, before COVID, unfortunately, um, came into being, uh, he was winning the, the fitness test with the young fellas in tip. So from that perspective, in absolutely brilliant shape. And I can see him going on injury-free if he can. I can see a few more years in Bonner at inter-county level as well. Yeah, it's a nice, a nice problem for Liam with all the young lads trying to burst on and then the Bonner back, you know, champing at the bit. It's, it's, it's scary stuff for everyone else. But uh, yeah, it was great, lads. I don't know, you tuned in. Not everyone can be tuned in all the time, but just to see the Wexford, to see Sam Martins and Owlart and, you know, you see Liam Dunn on the line up against John Myler. And then, you know, on Sunday, then we saw the Crokes under new management uh, destroying Ballyboden. Uh, so... Yeah, that was obviously a good move by Kilmacud. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, and I watched the highlight show, uh, Ken, on Monday night there. I, they showed a good few of the Wexford games then, and I, I thought uh, um, St. Anne's Ratangan um, and Ratnoor game, uh, Dio O'Keefe, um, uh, Liam Og, um, and that was a cracker of a game. And then you saw the Fight Harriers with Derek, and the system, you could see it clearly in play. But then you have Lee Chain up front. Jesus, the burst for the first goal, where he, he just he just went through the middle like but, a hot knife through butter, like and, and laid it off, and didn't bury the thirty yard free to win it for them, like you know. So just fantastic to be able to sit down at home and, and tune into that sort of thing, isn't it? Yeah, the absolute power of Lee Chin. Like he he was up in Kulderi. He probably saw there on Six One News. The, the featured Kulderi and Fate Harriers was the very first game back uh, post-COVID and um, he the Kulderi lads are still raving about him how how uh, well he played that evening how he dominated the game I think he ended up at 114-115 uh, at the lawn of his ease like so uh, Saint, I, I had to feel for uh, Ferns St. Hayden's Ferns because Taylor really did all the hurling you know and the old uh, cliche goals wins matches and it really came to the fore with Lee. I, I think it was actually a controversial decision that free, and it was moved up oh, and things like soft. that. But Lee took total advantage of it, and he absolutely buried it. So, I mean, from a Wexford point of view, when you see Lee, Lee Moog um, playing so well as well, you know, and of course, Dermot. So from that perspective, I'm sure Davy was licking his lips in anticipation of what's going to happen later on. Yeah. Did you see a couple of the games, lads? I, I didn't see the games on Friday night, uh, Dale. I was uh, in the west of Ireland. I got drowned to the underpants really, really bad Friday night. So I was ficking rain up there. Was that um, after the night yeah. out? Was that after, was was that that after yeah. your substantial meal and your fucking 12 points? No, 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 no. This was, this, this was training. But the underpants, I, I the underpants <laughs> is worrying me a bit. Have you any wet yeah. gear like? <laughs> it went through the wet gear. It was so bad on Friday night. Um, the couple of points I was going to make, just following up in Ken there, right, is I, I actually, like, being involved with St. Thomas's, I actually think that the club scene is going to benefit hugely for the county players being fresh. Like, usually the county players are coming back deflated if they're beaten and out early, right? Or they have to be flagged by a county team. They're disappointed. Like, you know yourself, Dale, when you come out of that county scene, you have to get beaten. Jeez, you'd be as low as a snake's belly for a week or two, like, right? And you come back into a club scene, it takes you a while to get going. The other thing is the pitches that we've travelled to and the pitches I know at home in Gary's Bland, the pitches at Thomas, the pitches are in brilliant condition, right? The weather there on Sunday and even last night training has is, is been fantastic. So I actually think we could be, right? I'm going to make a forecast here, right? I think we could be in for 
some of the best club championship hurling that we've seen in a long number of years because of that freshness, that hunger for games, and the fact that all the inter-county players are involved and training with our club and just being a window there of four weeks where everyone is together, as Ken said. So I'm going to make a forecast that we're going to have the best club championship in most counties. Just on the other note you picked up in there, it is great that Kilmacud have a kind of attacking, scoring 418, new management system that they're not parking the bus anymore. It's going to be exciting for them. So I, that, that's just one comment that I had to put in there. Yeah, I knew, I knew you'd have one uh, bombshell for me on that. But Jesus, that was one thing. I often did it. I often, I did it once with Clare with Adam Markham. I often did it with the Dubs when we were up against that pick and Kikini or Conquer team. But I never did it with Kim McCud. I, I just said, Jesus, I'm good forwards here. I'm living to six of them up. Ah, <laughs> oh, stop! Like, but but you know what was very noticeable on that team, like, is what I noticed now when watching the Monday night games, the Wexford players, and you do look out for the county players. That's fair. Yeah. But then. Even watching the Crocs on board, and in fairness, Borden, like Connell Keeney was still Trojan for them. Connell is 38 in September. Dave Curtin is 40 in September midfield. Like Borden, I'd say, are in real transition where that Crocs team that maybe could have or should have won the county final against Borden two years ago, like it could have gone either way and it went Borden's way. Um, they were still young, you know what I mean? A lot of them were 22, 23, 24, and they've added in. But I, I just have to say, though, that you're looking at the likes of Ron and Hayes, the size he's gone to now, you know, and the power of him and the ability in the air. Like, Ronan, for me, last year was still... He improved from the previous year, but was getting there. And, but now he's kind of established as a Dublin forward. And I would say these county players, you know, a lot of the club players trained away during the lockdown. Do you know what I mean? And ran their 5Ks and did, like, <clears> say <throat> the county players... The programs they were on is separating them now, Mark, from the club lads. You know, just watching yeah. it like Fergal Whiteley everywhere, all over the field, running the show. You know, uh, and 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 the Borden lads just couldn't keep up, like because all those lads, Simon Lambert, Shane Durkin, the Borden lads, the backbone, my team, they're all gone. Gary Maguire has gone out of goal. You know, so yeah. for yeah. me, it was a marked difference. Mark Howard from Cork, who plays with the Crocs, finally fifth after a cruise of two years out. He was he was hugely instrumental taken down for the penalty, which was soft, but Ballstone bagged the goal. But the county player for me, and as as Ken said about Lee Chin, I think that'll be a feature over the next few weeks. Yeah, well, like look, yeah. we, we all we all know there's an expectation on a and any fellow involved in the club who's on the in the county panel that he'll be fitter, stronger, and he will have should have a better attitude than most fellows playing. Um, and it's great to see it then when they do play with their club that they are to the forefront, which kind of takes away all the negative void that's out there. So as I saying, how is this fella on the panel or there's better fellas back in the club? I'm just delighted to see that the inter-county fella is actually, um, I suppose, distancing himself somewhat from the club player. But you don't want a rugby situation in Anthony turning out where you have you know, your professional rugby player that sometimes could come back and play a club game and then could really hurt the fella physically because they are, I suppose their strength and conditioning is way ahead of what the club player is. So that is, I suppose that is something that we have to watch you into the future. But I made this point a couple of weeks ago that any good inter-county fella will come back and impart some of the knowledge that they've got from their inter-county scene back into the club scene. So if you have a, a good management structure in your own club, there will be stuff that, that the lads are doing at inter-county level that they can bring back and put their younger players or put their club players on, which will improve their physical and, and, and their fitness side of things. But I think the big boost 
to what's happening in the country at this moment in time is that your inter-county player is back with the club. And we all know that when your inter-county player is back in the club, there is definitely a boost to the locality. There's a boost to club training. Club training is maybe 15, 20% more intense because the inter-county player is then starting to set a level where fellas have to, I suppose, step up to the mark really <coughs> with the club. So I think it's great. And I agree with what TJ said earlier on, that I think that we could have a, a way better club championship and uh, structure to sh- and, and quality of games, I suppose, is the big thing. I think it'll, it'll be significantly better. And I'm delighted, Anthony, we, we need to make this point. A number of weeks ago, we were, you know, what Michael Dignan had said in connection with John Horn and not coming out and, and, and you know, being tough on inter-county managers that weren't allowing the, the inter-county players to play with the club. He was very, very strong when he came out after that um, that weekend. And, I mean, most, I think, inter-county players are full-time, 100% with the club now. Yeah. One of the things, obviously, I was over, as I said, I was over in Clarecastle last night and, and the talk, the amount of lads of training last night for the first round of a championship watching. <laughs> I know, of course, there is the novelty of it, but uh, there was also the sniff of could we get in. But the reality is, like, as a club, and Wolf Town, we played down in Six Mile Bridge, which means we can't even watch it live on the stream, and we'll come to that in a while. But um, the reality is, I think we we 58 tickets for the club, like, and that's the whole panel, the selectors, the physio, the doctor, one or two doing stats, you know, um, that sort of thing. And then, obviously, the chairman, secretary, treasurer, PRO have been bagging one, I think. I think there's nine tickets left over, like, as I said, you know. Yeah. And, like, you know, you know, Mark, like, I know John Horn has appealed uh, to the GA to say, or to the government, and, and the, 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 new, the conditions being reversed from phase four, that could we make an exception, like, that it's, like, place like Cusick Park or, or the Gaelic Grounds or Turles or, or, or Parky Keeve, you know, 200 people is ridiculous. Yeah, I, I, so just a couple of things in that now, right? We, we had a match in Killer on Monday night. It was junior football, okay? And we had a match monitor. So there's an official person there at the match to monitor the numbers that are on the sideline. Now, one of the clubs had 27 players tagged out. So the match monitor had to remove three players from the Four. pitch, yeah. you know, which isn't a nice thing for any club to have to do. But then the club responsible should have been responsible enough to say, listen, lads, we're breaking the rules here. We've 27 fillers tagged out. We know it. So there's a huge amount of problems, Anthony, already now starting to, to, to come out. I was talking to Pat Ryan from Sales yesterday. He said they have 37, 38 fellas training for senior at the moment. They're going to be asked to tag 24 <coughs> of the championship. There's going to be 13 fellas left out. He said we are going to struggle to get those 13 fellas back to go senior training on an ongoing basis because they've nominated 24. That's a problem. But... One thing that's really hitting me right now is our minors are playing championship tonight against Klein, okay? And it's a home game for Klein, which is fine. Um, I, I have a nephew playing on the team, right? And he might be on the team, right? But his two parents went to go. Now, there's 24 on the panel. And if two parents, more lads, we say between guardians and parents or whatever, that's 48 parents you potentially could have. We've only 40 tickets. That means there will be no supporter I want to go to that. He's my nephew. I'd love to go to that match tonight. But I, I'm in a situation. I just can't, I can't go to that game this evening. I, I just think that this decision to remove from 500 down to 200 people has teared, tore the hat out of the GA, And that needs to change 
in, in as soon as possible back up to the 500 limit. And Anthony, whether you have a, whether you're talking about the national stadiums and stuff like that, I think even at club at club games, people aren't silly. They're going to self-isolate themselves. All people want to do is be able to go to the match. We need people will be responsible enough to mind themselves to spread out and stuff like that. But reducing it down to a potential just 40, 40 tickets at a match is an absolute disaster, Dela. Yeah, yeah it's a disaster. Dela, Dela on, on Sunday night, guys, playing. We, we had an under-21 game. It could win over in the Pierce League. Yeah, tell us about that. That was, that was the glamour under-21 game in Limerick, really. Now. Yeah, big, big, big one for us. Um, we, we've, this, this team has been good and minor for the last couple of years. They've won a couple of counties. A great win over in the Pierce League in the Gaelic Grounds. And one of your former students, uh, Dela, Dylan O'Shea, lit it up. And I assume, I you're going, you're, you're, I assume you're taking credit for that as well. Obviously, like, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I, got him, I got him at 14. You only, you only told him how to grip Dorley there when he was eight. Recently. Um, well, Dale, you've done a really, really good job because he was class <laughs> and, um, and he's definitely one for the future. Uh, I heard John Kiley might be looking at him for the short-term uh, future. Well, 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 I wouldn't be surprised. But I was, one of the, I was one of the people that was at the game, like, in the Gaelic grounds. I, I'm with Mark all the way on this. The 200 supporters is just going to cause too many problems. You'd nearly be better off to say, Do you know what, play the game behind closed doors and just let the people involved there, right? Or else, let's go to 500. 500 is the logical solution here. 200 people inside the Gaelic grounds, you could hardly see anybody. It looked like there was nobody there at all. But I think that the GA had to be strong here. Like I think in big, in big grounds, 500 really 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 simple you should not have agreed to that and going back to what you said like Mark like, let's get a fix on this straight away it will cause too many problems well I spoke to a few people about it there TJ and you know Ken I asked a couple of you know the people who were involved maybe the Nemeton people one of the lads in RTE um, like they can't see the government backing down to the GA though John Horne's appeal and all do you know what did that was kind of the straightforward answer I got that they, the government won't be seen to give the GA special status. Uh, maybe, maybe in a couple of weeks' time, but not, not straight away. Yeah, the GA are like the farming community. You know, um, if you're if you're part of that community, uh, you're all for it. But if you're if you're not a part of that community, then it's uh, the agenda is put out there that the GA are going to get preferential treatment. Already, I said the GA are looking for exemptions, but if you're talking about League of Ireland starting up again, sure, 200 uh, League of Ireland match is no good either. I mean, the clubs are trying to survive. If you have 500 at a tenner ahead, you have five grand at least into the coffers to keep things uh, turning over week to week. But with 200, uh, it's in the middle of nowhere. And I think, in fairness, the government are quite aware of that. We know that there is a uh, huge interest in uh, sport within the government circles and the top, uh, at the top table. But from their perspective, um, I'm just hoping that after this weekend, lads, you know, uh, come the 1st of August, that the next round of championships, there will be 500. We have to, we have to cater with what we have at the moment um, because Keane was on to me already. He said, Dad, I have to put in a name. Is it you or, or Joan, your, or ma'am, or who is it? What name do I have to put in? So that had to be in by 11 o'clock this morning. So that when Keane gets his ticket, he hands it to, to Joan or Ken. And basically, that's accounted for. It can't be Anthony Daly coming up from, uh, you know, uh, Clare Castle to go into the match. It, it, it just won't work that way. You have to be identifiable. Your phone number is there. Contract tracing is there. So for the first round, unfortunately, I think we're going to have to live with the 200. But I would be hoping against hope 
that the five hundreds would come in eventually in 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 the next rounds of the championships when when things have gone okay, hopefully. Dela, is there any word from the GA on the bigger picture here? Right? Is there like, if you look at the two hundred now, like, is there a roadmap to get it to a let's say five hundred to get it to a bigger crowd for a county semi final or county final, and then looking at October for the inter county games, like. The GA are they are they kind of giving in a little bit here and playing by the rules in order to win the bigger battle down the road? Yeah, there might be an element of that, uh, TJ. I'm, I can't say whether that's the case or not. But I think the whole thing has been thrown into disarray by the the movement of Phase Four back again. Obviously, we thought the pubs yeah. would be open last Monday, uh, the the wet pubs, the column, and, and and things like that. And and I think that being moved back has has kind of tied their hands a bit on it. Like I'd be hoping, Mark Landers, that like with the you've half the cabinet down in Cork South Central. Like, could you not sort it out down there? Like normally, as we've known down to the tradition of our lives, the GA Cork have ran the show. Like, which you you know the Greens are in power now, Dela. So and like we we saw recently, they're asleep at the wheel. Like, so what more can we do? Like, I I I can't help it if the leader of the Green Party decides to go for a snooze during during the day. Like. Did he, ever hurl, did he ever hurl him in Ryan, did he? I'd say, uh, never hold on and never pick up a rugby ball or a football. A bit like Leo now in that fact as well, like, you know. Harry, you better come in there. That's a good hurling name. Ryan's a good hurling name. <laughs> <laughs> he definitely hurled somewhere along the way, didn't he? Surely. Are you related, Larry? <laughs> not that I know of, Dale, no. <laughs> He's not the Temple Derry, Ryan's. <laughs> I don't think so, no. I'll try and trace him there before the end of the show now. Yeah. But, but but Mark, in fairness, norm, most people who work very hard and work long hours normally have a snooze during the day, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> Not if you're um, Ken, home, normally when they're at home, TJ, but that would be the capital. Kin brought up the farming community like Landers is sending us texts there about bringing in. X amount of bales per day and yesterday how many I, I, had to get in like I'm not joking you I was welded to the bed for the last two nights lad. I can tell you I was I'm after bringing in 3,000 uh, small square bales you know and save it out Raindale as well like you know perfect for the Hofstein crowd now but um, yeah. you still got I, the bell and robe mind you no, well no you see here it is it's not just the oh, the GA fellas were affected by the lockdown but the owners of horses weren't allowed to go to races either on Monday so Oh. Had to watch it. Had to watch it on the television on Fast Day, Dela. Oh, I thought we back. were alone, just the one owner in at the moment, but we're not. No, that has been taken back. No, that's Dela, been taken back on the tenth of August. Very artists, disappointing, yeah. now, like you know. Mac, just from my experience in bringing in bales, I have to ask one serious question. There's three key jobs in bringing in those square bales, right? Does the fellow on the fork? Does the fellow on the trailer? Or does it fell in the tractor? Which one oh. were you? Oh, the driver, for fuck's sake. Oh, Come on, TJ. <laughs> <laughs> TJ, TJ, shut up. Everyone knows Donny is the farmer in the house, right? He's the worker. Although, in fairness, Ken, all through the lockdown, TJ has had this hour and a half uh, on a Wednesday morning there, like, in the office. It's available. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's, been, it's been spectacular to watch. Yes, working remotely, as the famous saying. No, he's in the office. I'm in the office. But see, we, we are um, a necessary uh, business, Dale, as I keep telling you. We are providing vital print uh, solutions to lots of people, lots of companies locally in the Midwest and the HSE. So that's front my line. broadcast for Cube today in, in, here in Limerick. And front just line, what I'm getting is, 
just just while I'm getting in as well, Dilo, the Gareth Bland board in Oak is motoring away nicely. Our Monday nights are uh, really going well where we've all our teams training and we have a couple of fixtures coming up there as well. Under-14s having a rattle off the pierce. Big battle now coming next Wednesday. You're really going to torture the pierce at the moment, like, aren't you? Yeah, we're kind of, we're, 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 we're in our sights. But, uh, yeah, so go, things are going well. But, like, stay with me. They have a really good chairman out there. We'll watch this space. You're not in action at the weekend, TJ. Senior. Uh, Gary Splanner off, yeah. It's groups of three in the senior because it was yes. kind of six, six teams in, in uh, the A part and six teams in the B. So groups of three. So one team, sorry, has a, a bye. So in Gary Splanner's particular group, Black Rock and Belly Brown uh, pair off. And then the following weekend, um, Gary Splanner played the losers. So on the B side, one team comes out of the three. And on the A side, uh, two teams come out. I suppose the glamour tie here on Friday night, Dela would be Kamalik and the Pearshig. Like so, there be yeah. two teams, two teams with sights and on winning the county. So um, Tony Consign's back in Kamalik, uh, and the Pearshig new management as well. Shane Dowling, obviously because of his injury, he's not playing. I think a couple of other injuries in, in the Pearshig. So interesting game coming there. Yeah, and another big one, I suppose, the rivals between the Whale and the Dare, like. That'd be the other big one in Limerick per se, going through the counties. I was looking at anyway. Yeah, local area. But Mark, yeah, it's, it's, it's on television. Yeah, Limerick uh, has their own TV set up there, so um, you will be able to tap in. I, I'm not sure exactly the cost of them. It's on TG Car as well, though, isn't it? It's on TG Car as well. Okay, I'm not sure if it's, it's, it's a fi- like there was a fiver there for the 21 games last week to tap into. So, um, yeah, it's a fiver. Limerick is a fiver, yeah. I, I think yeah. now, TG, I'll be going for the free coverage on TG Car. And, and like being the county that you have, you're all right. You, you, you don't need any money. So you have the J, JP behind you, like. Yeah, it was, it was plenty money down, down with you as well, Mark. I, I just I, see something there recently where you're streaming every match for free. Well, sure. Listen, you don't need know. it. I don't know about that. You've been asked Kevin O'Donovan that now. <laughs> well, well, Mark, Mark it, is, it is an interesting one. Like, like I'm looking at, I'm going through it. Like, I know, as I was saying, Nemeton are involved there. They've got involved with seven counties, I think, putting on a kind of a professional. Snow, as TJ said, the Limerick one was very good the other night um, from the Gaelic grounds, the, the, the stream. And, but Nemetown have got involved, I think, on the hurling side with Galway, Kilkenny, Water for the Nantrum on a kind of a platform thing. Now, you will have to pay, I think, it's six quid in Galway, six in Kilkenny, five or more for three sterling in, in Antrim for all the world. Um, but you, what they are providing is a real professional setup in that you could come home from the match and put it on that night and... You know what I mean? Uh, you can yeah. watch replays up to 30 days, I think, you know. So, But with other counties like Tip, Tip Ken are charging a tenner to watch one game, it it seems steep. Like, And they're all giving out here around Clare, I know, from texts and everything like that, 780 per game. Um, Wexford a fiver, Limerick a fiver. And in fairness to Galway, I think I've been critical in a couple of my columns about Galway and, and some of their county board dealings over the years. It's more historical now than a few lads that abuse me on Twitter if if they're listening. But um, there, there for me, six euros, two games for a ten or three for fifteen, four for twenty. That to that's me sounds the pack- like the ideal way. The, that's the way the package should be, and I think Tipperary are reviewing that because there was a bit of upheaval. Like you think of every club, we're at, we're talking about the club here all all this morning, and in every club there's fundraising going on. There's calf rearing schemes. There's uh, lottos. There's county board draws everybody's paying into that. And you have to consider the fact that these people won't be able to go to the game. And then if you have to put a 10 in your pocket to watch one individual game, I think uh, it's, 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 fair play goes out the window. So from that perspective, 
I, I heard last night that Tipperary were reviewing that and they were trying to create a package where you would get three matches maybe for 20 euro or something like that. So I, I just hope that comes to, comes to fruition because um, with the situation at the weekend, with the games, uh, huge interest in all the games, you know, particularly Bursley and Toome. Imagine Bursley and Toome, like uh, 200 people only being allowed in, you know, for 30 or 40 tickets per club. Uh, really mouth-watering game. Uh, Torles Arsenal's killer one in Holy Cross. Another huge, huge game, you know, and they've had great games. And Torles with renewed zest, you know, Tommy Mahery's back at the helm there. So from that perspective, there's a big interest in that game. And you know, all these rural venues where you have a situation where people can arrive and we've got to respect the officials, we've got to respect the people that are there volunteering, the stewards and things like that. But there is the potential for, for a situation where somebody could arrive or there could be acrimony at the gates. We don't want to see that. I think we want to see the games going ahead. That's, that's the biggest thing. We were thrilled to see the games going ahead. For this, uh, these fixtures at the weekend, you have the live streaming, or you have either, you're either lucky or unlucky to get a ticket. So from that perspective, I think we just have to bear with it for this weekend. But I would be optimistic, and I, please God, you know, that COVID won't intervene, but I would be optimistic that there would be 500 and... I think TJ made a good point that the GA are probably looking forward to taking baby steps first to see how this pans out. Tell us, Ken, quickly about, about the Clonalty and Akarty arrangement. Yeah, that seems to be an arrangement between both clubs. Now, I don't know the county board uh, aware of what's going on. Uh, that Twitter came out late last night, but uh, two very progressive clubs uh, and Clonalty, uh, I'm sure, county champions, you know, uh, the previous year so from that perspective you know two years ago so from that perspective very broad minded the way to think West Tip is like you know it's the, they're, they're a nation of their own they're very proud of, of what goes on there they have Tip Midwest Radio they do things right and I, I can imagine they just took that innovative idea of going in streaming the game themselves at, uh, at, at for free for their own patrons probably aware of the fact that all these people that are involved in both clubs are putting their hands in their pockets and keeping the clubs alive. Yeah, yeah, this, yeah. That's, that's going to be an interesting situation now because I, I like the Cork J announced during the week and um, their arrangement with TG Cahar and RTE for a certain amount of games and then the Irish Examiner have come on board as well with <coughs> Cork J and they're going to be live streaming games for free, which... Dale, thanks very much for mentioning us there a while ago that Cork are doing something now from a leadership point of view. So, you know, I All think changed. it's a massive, massive step forward from, from a Cork perspective is, is, is like that the, the games are going to be for free. And like, I'd be interested over the next month to see when you look at the numbers as to say if there's a tenner for a game in Tipperary, there's a fiver in Waterford and other counties and zero in Cork. The numbers are going to speak and I've always made this point that I, I think if you reduce the costs into any game, you will get more patrons to go to the match. But um, I think that is that is a huge situation. But sorry, coming back to Ken's point about the two clubs live streaming, I just did pick up on the, the GA uh, statement that live streaming um, outside of the recommended ones was not, was, not, was not allowed. So I don't know whether they can stop them um, from doing that, Ken, or not. But it certainly... This comes back now to the image rights of players as well in the game as well. Like this, there's a bigger picture at play here now. Is there anything in it for the clubs, Matt? Is that what you're saying? 
I, I don't think there's anything in it for the clubs at all, um, TJ, because, I mean, those two clubs aren't going to be charging their own patrons to watch the game. But it nearly cost them. Well, I think that, well, it will because I, I think from what I can gather, it could be anything up to between twelve and fifteen hundred euros to get a good camera um, system in place. That's, that's judging by what I've heard during the week, during the week from East Cork Board. Are looking at streaming some of the matches, and two quotes they've got have been up around the fifteen hundred euros. So, um, I, I just think that the county board might have an issue with you know, and you know, if you wanted to go. If you wanted to tape a game, if you're a manager now and you want to tape um, a challenge match, you have to get county board permission to, and you have to get permission from the other club to actually take the, tape the game. Now, two clubs here going away making their own decision without the go-ahead from the county board, I think that's, that's going to cause an issue for them. Yeah. Dello, we were talking about it during the week. Like, Thomas, we were playing um, Castigar on Saturday night in, um, in the stadium, Pure Stadium. And what effect... Like, this is a talent match kind of feeling around the place now, right? You know what? First round of a championship, that little bit of blood and thunder, like the crowd getting behind you. If you don't make a good start, in the crowd are getting on you, you have to up your game. And you know the way you played wing back and you like to play close to the crowd to kind of get involved with them, right? Like, what, a, what, a, what effect, what effect will, will no supporters there have on... Will it affect some teams more than others? Like, 10 minutes to go, you're a pint or two down, and you hear these local people getting behind you to drive this thing on. That's going to be missing here now, early doors. And I'm just wondering what sort of an effect could that have on... Usually in challenge games, maybe the better team or the better hurlers come out on top, right? Whereas in a championship, uh, maybe the underdog crowd behind you... Just things going well. You're two points up. Adrenaline is flowing. Plenty roaring and shouting going on. I'm just wondering, will that have an effect? Do you think? Well, I can. I, I I would have imagined before the start, TJ, that it would have an effect. You know, I mean, for me, growing up, going out to Tulla to play one of these clear teams. But Jesus, I'll tell you one thing. There's no doubt about it. If you were taking a line ball, you could be called any sort of thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> And you could interact with them as well and saying a pity in the few county players like, you know. <laughs> and, and, and did do that back in the day, you know. When we were getting hammered in the Munster Finals in 93 and 4, I remember going back then playing the Clare Club and maybe hitting a good sideline ball and some fella saying, pity you didn't do it last Sunday week daily. You know, <laughs> I, and you would. That's the fact. And I would like, I can just say like from last weekend, the standard in Wexford I thought was, was, was really intense. Like, although Dublin... You see, I have this system in Dublin where there, there's probably four, five, six maybe clubs a nice bit stronger than the weaker clubs. You know, you saw big beatings dished out. To, like Satanta got an awful beating off Nafina, I think. And, and you have a bit of that. Like, you now Kula, Kula minus David Tracy, I think, and Jake Malone and John Shannon. And um, Thomas Davis gave him a bit to do, but they still won comfortably for a finish. But... Like, geez, the Crokes Bowden game, there was a fair dust up, I'll tell you, uh, just before the water break in the first half, there was uh, one in all in sort of a scenario. So I, I think, look, players know there's a county championship here that's unique at stake. And I think uh, once they're in there, they seem to be pumped up from trying to watch the close in. Um, and even watching training last night, he like Fergie Lachlan's training the team in Clarecastle. Anyone that knows him, you know him. He's a fiery character. Yeah. Like there was a buzz in it now. The problem with Clare is if we win on, on Saturday evening, we're meeting losers. Now, in Clare, we could meet the losers of Kinmail and Cratlow. We could meet the losers of Clooney and Ina, Kinamona. And we could meet the losers of Six Mile Bridge Rogue, for instance. So 
we could be out in our ear in two weeks' time. And we, our three big players would be Stephen Holleran, who's back with Clare, Bobby Duggan, who we hope might be back with Clare, and Patrick Kelly, who was with Clare and won in Ireland in 13. They'd be our traditional three. Jonathan Clancy, I suppose, getting older, but he's still flying it. But like, do, we, do we leave the three boys because they're three slight injury doubts and all these soft tissue injuries that are recurring because fellas are mad for action and, and going faster than they ever went and there's hamstrings coming into there. The boys are slight doubts, but I think could be pushed to play on Saturday evening. Or do we say, Jays, lads, it doesn't matter whether we win or lose on Saturday. We have to have, to have the three boys 100% for two weeks' time. So that's the sort of the dilemmas. But I don't think, I'd say when you, when you see the Cashel boys inside in uh, Pierce Stadium on, on, on Saturday, is it? Saturday yeah. Saturday yeah, evening, I'd, yeah. I'd say the old tradition of Cashel might burst out through their ears and uh, they'll have a good go at you. Well, no, I have no doubt. I have no doubt. You're about one uh, to five in the bookmakers, I see, like, but uh, and hot favourites to win it out again and bring back the three in a row, and no doubt with yourself guiding the ship. And if you're able to stay on the sideline this year, are you going to go to the stand this year? What's your own plan? Well, for the year so ahead? First, first of all, you know, Kevin Nelly's the man guiding the ship, right? So I, have I know to he's the manager, but Kevin doesn't seem to be getting put out of the pitch regularly, though. <laughs> yeah, I, that, that's what I said to you earlier on in the podcast. Here, I, sometimes I get misunderstood. Right, I'm trying to explain something and they take me up wrong. You, you understand that, Dylan? Sometimes it just happens. But no, the plan is to stay in the field. And uh, now that there's been nobody kind of warned from the stand and stuff, it might be a little bit easier. But what I was going, going to go back to say there, the 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 July fixture here. Right? You mean I go back to Limerick, you bally? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard back to them. You know yourself. Yeah. The July, the July fixture is something special, as you said there. To be hurling in the better weather, in the better grounds, I think it really is a once-off for the club. Right? It might lead to a different discussion for people down the road. I did see something in the paper today in Cork Mark about can these two championships, inter-county and club, can they coexist? Right? That's I right. think, I think for the club player, I think that coexist would be great, and I think that. I don't know what the solution to this problem is. I tried to work it up in my head about where you can get seasons and find pieces, right? Because obviously the inter-county piece is the flagship piece and that's important and that's what gets everybody involved and it pays for lots of stuff, right? But where is the fix for the club inter-county player? But right now, the club player is going to benefit hugely. Oh, he, yeah, but there's no point in that being a short-term scenario or a short-term fix because, you know... If the club game goes into decline over the next 20, 30 years, you won't have an inter-county game. That's, that's the reality. So we have got to preserve our club game first and foremost. And now what Cork are doing this year is they're running a hurling and a football championship. And they're maintaining the, 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 guide, the championship format that they've had set out this year. And it's going to run off over 11 or 12 weeks. Now... To coexist with an inter-county scene, you can do that over eight months. So we've been able to find 11 weekends that you can play matches. Surely you can find 11 weekends over the course of an eight-month season that you, can, that you can provide a club championship as well and a good club championship. So I, just, I, I, think, I think the inter-county managers had too much power and too much say on, on fixtures and it is protecting their own players more than letting them play. Because as far as I'm concerned, I feel it's more likely to get a belted into county training as anywhere. So, you know, in an amateur association, stop, stop wrapping up into county players. We know they're strong. We know they're fit. Let them go back to their clubs and, and, and rejuvenate themselves because 
sometimes you know how intense it is at inter-county level a couple of weeks back with the club is no harm to get a fella straight as well. Eh? Yeah. I still think that, Mark, that, that's not going to work because yeah. you, you live counties winning all Ireland's and then managers saying, what's the point in getting involved here? He has his players for four or five. Like, we're looking at a situation, realistically, as this week, if, if Ferns are beaten, if Ratnoor are beaten, and if the Raps are beaten in Wexford, they're out of the championship. No, they're not meant to go back training with, with, with but, Wexford but, the 12th of, uh, of September, both. Okay. Okay, but we that's all that's have our suspicions that, yeah. you know. But that's a separate issue, Anthony. I, I'm, the coexisting I'm discussing about is into the future that the inter-county game and the club game can coexist. But yeah, but Mark, if I can come in there, lads, um, yeah. and I agree with Dale on this one, we'll all be a lot wiser at the end of the year uh, what, what will happen. The Wexford County final, even... With Rack Newer out early, Rackers County Finals on the 23rd of August, right? Some county finals are not until the 1st of October. That's a full six weeks later. Now, we're going to be sitting back in and judging and watching what's going to happen in the inter-county world. Um, we, we're talking about the excitement of the club fair, but every year, and we've all gone as spectators to club games, and we're looking to see the county player in action, and next thing, the, team, the club team comes out, and the inter-county player is not playing. He has a tight hamstring, or he may be advised, as you well know, by by his by the county. Don't, don't risk it this weekend. You've got to be ready for inter-county fair the following weekend. And the disappointment in, in the crowd, the disappointment of ourselves, that we don't see those county players. They're sitting on the sideline looking like spares, right? Carrying a hurley or carrying a bottle of water. I, uh, for the county, inter-county to coexist with the club, I think this is the perfect scenario we have at the moment. Unfortunate as it may seem, right? But... At the moment, we're giving every inter-county player the chance to prosper with his club. A lot of inter-county players have been brought up with the, with the, with the thing in their head. Jeez, I'm an inter-county player. My first right allegiance is to inter-county sport. That's not the way. We all know club is absolutely paramount. So from that perspective, I think to run it, Mark, and I know you have the best interests at heart, to run, to coexist, and then your, one of your top players doesn't play because of a tight hamstring or a quad muscle injury or something like that. I think that's the huge disappointment in club circles that emanates around the place, you know? But I think, Ken, like, like, look, we've said it before here, and I, I straight up, Mark, I think we forget about this, this club window April thing. I'm talking about a normal year now. This is abnormal stuff, obviously. <coughs> we brought the All-Irelands back from September to the 17th, 18th of August. I think it's been a huge success. We've had two brilliant years. Um, you know, we've seen Limerick making the breakthrough. We see Tip bouncing back last year. I think we can bring back the All-Ireland Hurland final to the first weekend in August, the August Bank Holiday weekend, without any problems here. We start our championship in April, the round robin in Munster, Leinster. Um, you have as good a chance of weather at any stage, you know, and, and, and with the facilities we have now. And then you, you definitely have a club scene starting. We say even starting that weekend, because there'll only be two counties remembering the All-Ireland. Yeah, right. We definitely have a chance there now. We're showing how we can run it off in 11 weeks. Wexford are showing us how they can run it off in three weeks nearly. But <laughs> we, we, I think we all know now, Dale, that that's fairly wrong now. Like, what's happening there? Like, well, I, think, I, don't, I, mean, I, don't think I don't think it sits right. I, I, don't no. know how Paul, I don't know how Paul Galvin agreed to number one as the football yeah. manager, who's a high-profile guy. Now, I know Wexford football is way lower than Wexford hurling at the moment, but Paul Galvin was brought in to bring them back to the top, you know, bring them back to Division 2 and be contenders like they were nine or ten years ago in Leinster. 
you know, getting to Leinster finals in football and that. So I'm surprised. Like it'll be very interesting, I'd say, with the likes of Sam Martins, you know, a very strong dual club. How prominent your Connors will be in the football championship in Wexford? That'd be fair to say. How prominent? Like, will Jack O'Connor be scoring two nine the football championship in Wexford like he did last Friday night? Um, I think Ken's made a valid point there, Dillo. I think by the end of the season, after we all see how the club thing panned out and how the intercounty rolled into intercounty, how it, it could there could be something there for to look at for the future. I do agree with Mark. I think the dual system is a problem for the club player. I think that like having no championship in clubs in May, June, July, and effectively oh, August, yeah. I don't think it's sustainable, right? Like there is something magic and exciting about clubs. And I said, I'm involved in one where we're training a beautiful July evening. The pitches are in great, Nick. You have your inter-county players. I think that's brought some of the magic and the drive back in the clubs, right? We have lost a little bit of that. And even Ken on about the banner up in the the club. It is great to see it in the summer. How you fix that, I don't know. But the only thing I do know is intelligent people fix problems. Right. Now, you might say to me, Dero, smart people don't get themselves involved in problems, right? But there is a solution in there somewhere, right? Don't, yeah, bring, the con- don't con- bring the conquerors back. Oh, no, the con- the no, no conquerors today. <laughs> but I, 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 do think, I do think that it's an issue. And I think what Ken just said there might be the best. I think with right people around the table, given what happened in unfortunate circumstances, when we just weigh up everything as to how it all panned out, the clubs and the counties, I think there might be something there to look at for the future. But I, I, I don't agree with the club player being redundant for the four best weather months of the year. Yeah. And like the other, the other thing, a, a great point that Ken just made there, right, about the inter-county player currently has a feeling that his first allegiance is to the county. And for the four of us, maybe we're the same generation, we would have always said our first allegiance was to the club. And I, I do agree with what Ken is saying there, that the inter-county player coming up now feels that the allegiance is to the county rather than to the club. And if that, can, if that, co- if that exists lads, into the future, well, to me, you can forget about your club game then. So I think there's an onus on the GAA at top table to protect the club, first and foremost. And that, that club needs to be first and foremost with the player because when you're going down to the field, TJ, you're the, ju- the juvenile manager in Gary Spillane, or juvenile chairman, and if you're five and six-year-old lads and you see a prospect there at eight, nine, ten, eleven years of age and you're saying to yourself, okay, he gets to 18, he'll be on the inter-county panel and the next time we'll see him is when he's broken down or he's retired at 35 or 36 years of age. Why would you put time and effort into that kid at five, six, seven years of age? You want him for your club and you'd love to see him playing at inter-county level. Yeah. So I think with that, Mark, as I'd say, with the Limerick Underage Academy, Gary Spillane had been one of the biggest benefactors of that system, you know. There's been, you know, fellas there that really are shining now. Was it Johnny The results are speaking for themselves there with Gary Spillane, like, you know. <laughs> but to go back to what you said with the club player, I think, to be fair, an awful club player is very intelligent at the moment too, right? I think your club, what your club is doing and where they're at is important too. And if you're in a club, right, realistically aiming for a county championship, right, I think that you're in fairness to the current players, they are driving their clubs on. They are the best there most days. They do want what's best for their club. It might be a little bit different, and I don't want to kind of put anybody into this bracket, that if you're involved with a club or you're just trying to hang on in senior or whatever, or maybe the effort isn't as good, and some clubs, the certain conditioning is there, the training is there, the coaching is there, and other clubs might be a little bit under the bar. 
I think that has a factor too. And maybe some of the inter-county managers and coaches know that and they're kind of saying, listen, I mean, you need to be in here with us where you're getting better, kind of the better services. So that's a factor too. I think, Les, we, we, just, we can ask Ken this, and you brought it up, Mark. We are obviously on vintage. We tried to... No, I didn't see Kirkcastle hardly for a county league game there for about six years. The six years, look, I was in charge. But then clear teams won the Munster Club six years in a row, and look, man, you just put out these two hands and say... I, I didn't see Clare teams winning Munster clubs ever before, lads. All of a sudden, <laughs> do you know? And he was covering his arse that way, like I suppose. But can you, you see it obviously with Brian, like you know, the pressure from your time in goal with Tipperary, successful two-time All Ireland winner. Now your son is the Tipperary netminder. The pressures at inter-county lads are gone through the roof now, compared to when you were there, when I was there, when you were there, Mark, when you were there, TJ. Like, like we and we thought there was fair pressure because. There was a lot of live games in our time, let's say, starting up around in late 80s into the 90s. Like, let's start, the whole thing has gone to another level. And it's easy to say, come back, Mark. But I, don't, I think it's, it's not possible. I think we've mm-hmm. tried to define our year well, as I, best I, we can. Yes, I, I, I don't want them to come back, but I want, I want to protect the club game. We know that. We hear that. We hear yeah. that. And, and, yeah. and I'm, look at the boys in Kakasa last night just... Driving twenty miles out west, buzzing like saying, "Jesus, yeah. this year high water." I get in. This this year has been the great leveler, lads. This year, unfortunately, through unfortunately, has been the great leveler because it has meant that uh, we can go back to our clubs. I remember walking in with Tio English, and Tio was ninety there a couple of weeks ago. Would you believe it? I remember myself and Skippy Cleary walking in with with Tio into a league game against Cork in Torres, and he said, "Were you playing this morning, lads?" And I was after playing a league game. With Laura and Skippy was after playing a league game. I oh, Skippy says I only played for half an hour. We had one at half time. <laughs> we, we, we actually played league games before we went to play, and ye all did too, played before mm-hmm. county games. Now you have a situation where it's the other way around. But I think just the club player had to be educated, sorry, the inter county player had to be educated as well of what the club is all about. To be actually over in the field during midsummer when they were never there before, usually it's maybe September. Then at that stage, the under-8s, the under-10s, the under-12s, it's all wrapped up. So they don't see the inter-county player. Whereas now the inter-county player is there among his people, over on the pitches, training with his club, meeting the underage teams, meeting the Camogie players, meeting the parents. And I think it's been a fantastic impetus. And this is why there's a huge interest in the club scene at the moment. And that's why, Mark, I'm trying to say to coexist, that is not going to survive. Also, you have a fact of the Wexford situation. If Wexford do win the All-Ireland this year, and remember they have a big chance, you see the Rory's and Jack O'Connor's of this world, they're maturing, they're coming on in a big way. Wexford, at the moment, are probably favourites to win Leinster, right? If they win an All-Ireland, if they sneak an All-Ireland, well, then every county is going to say, look at what Davey did. He set out the plate, he laid, it on, laid his card on the table, the county final was over the 23rd of August, and now they have succeeded in winning the Lee McCarthy. Then you have another big argument on your hands. Mm. Mm. Yeah, like Mark, would you like say if you were Kieran Kingston and you're looking at like Corker probably going to be late or finished, obviously, yeah, um, didn't take advantage maybe of the two weeks extra that were granted no. Wexford straight away took advantage. Like if you're Kieran and his management team and you're not long, we'll say, gone off that stage, like, are you not saying, oh, Jesus, this is fair tough on me? Like, and the Cork public, you know, if they're beaten by Waterford, uh, and don't come through the back door like they won't be too forgiven for Kieran. 
And well, he's no, having maybe won't. five yeah. weeks less preparation yeah. time. Yeah. Well, I suppose, Anthony, like, is, am I right to say it is the 15th of September as the return to actually for Intercounty? Yeah, for Intercounty. So, like, the way, the way Kieran Kingston is looking at it, the other rules that are set down by the GAA. Um, and Davey will have to break that rule, Matt. <clears throat> well, well, certainly, I can only speak from a cock perspective. <clears throat> They're certainly not doing a whole pile, like, you know, from what I can gather. And um, wh- wh- whether fellas are doing something in other counties is up to themselves. But they're, they're breaking the rules, I suppose. And Cork being Cork, Anthony, you know, yourself, no, we'd, love, we'd love to play by the rules all of the time. But no, you, you don't break the rules, you twist them. That's the way I was found. <laughs> <laughs> we just found, we found a way to manoeuvre around yeah, rules. Loopholes, you were the kings but, of the But unfortunately, right? Frank, Frank has departed the scene now, Dale. So <laughs> we... Um, we have to, to go a different route. But I, I don't know what the Wexford inter-county team are going to do when the county final is over like, and when the teams go to the championship. Six weeks preparation, to... Mark. Six weeks preparation for inter-county is plenty. Nowadays, all the players are you know, fully conditioned. They're in super shape. They're hurling at club level, at top level. If they're playing in county quarterfinals, semifinals, knockout stakes, they have to be playing well with their clubs. They're going to come back actually refreshed to their county. I would agree with you. And that six-week window coming into inter-county championship is plenty. I'm just keeping both fingers crossed here that we have an inter-county championship. That's the most yeah, important true. thing. But yeah. four and foremost at the moment, and it's great that here in the month of July, we're discussing the club scene. And yeah. the club scene has taken precedence to everything else. Yes. And, look, I'm just like, them, and they're the yeah, positives. They're the positives, TJ, aren't they? Like? They're massive positives. I was just going to ask Ken there, right? I'm just kind of thinking out loud as listening to the conversation there. Is there any way that the calendar could play the club championship in the summer? Right? That means then the club player would have his summer evenings. You wouldn't need all these lights for training. And as you could push the inter-county to maybe the beginning of the year and the end of the year. I know, Dale, I know you're, kind of, you're pushing it back to the 1st of August. And I know we want all these fancy summer days where we have Munster Championship and all that. Right? But in the bigger picture, would it be mad to explore the club championship having a three-month block in the summer where they get everything out of the way and the summer evenings down the club, May, June, July or whatever, and that works. That's just thinking out loud now. I don't have a proper solution for it. Yeah, and it's a fair point. But, and I think the GA, that's why the Intercounty Championship was left until the end this year because of the fact that we have five or six top pitches that are floodlit, usually in pristine condition. So in the event of any... Uh, anything, any circumstance where that would dictate that something else happened or, or something was delayed because of something that games might be played under floodlights. We have those six inter-county pitches that can cater for inter-county games. Whereas in the club scene, that's probably not there with the volume of games we have. But yeah. like you take club games, club training starting in January, which to me is a, no, you know, a no-brainer. Most guys are in good shape nowadays. They're in gyms. They're working out. We're starting training in, in January. We play two club games, as Dale mentioned, in the club window in May, April. Two games max now, by the way, right? Mm-hmm. And then the inter-county season for the year. Okay. That, is total, that is not a level playing field. The inter-county scene, or the club scene, could start in March. You could have it finished by July, as Dale said, and then you motor into your inter-county scene. Or, or sorry, you motor into... Either way, whichever either championship yeah. we have to go. But I think they have to be, you can't have a, st- a stagnation where you, you stop the club scene, start it again. That's where the whole crux lies. Yeah, let's, and, and look, I think that's just something that has to be sorted, Teach, whether we go one, 
I don't think a break in the middle would work. It might work, might work, but I don't, I don't know. I think it's a defined club. I think if club players knew, lads, you know, just, just know that... They just want confirmation my, of when they're yeah, going to be my playing. my first round is going to be the August weekend, the latest. It could be the earliest, the 14th of July, but the latest is going to be is the August weekend. Like Even if, if, if Clare in the Al-Iron, Limerick are in the Al-Iron, I'm going to be out the week after the August, whatever we decide on the All-Ireland final. But let's on, just look at, at the overall picture. Would we be a bit concerned? 36 new cases yesterday in the country. Just talk of a risk of a second wave and increased figures over the next couple of weeks. One of my bugbears would have been that we allowed... Now, it was very difficult to play a club within your own county when draws weren't made, which was the problem. Clare were very late back in draws, and I know that, like trying to play a crowd and then you might draw them in the first round. Some like I know clubs in Clare played clubs from Cork, they played clubs from Dublin. Uh, we've seen the problems in Derry, huge problems in Derry, Leash, and that brought football and hurling into play because of a dual club in Carlow playing a club in Leash, Cork, uh, North, and West, I think, Mark. Uh, right. And in, at the latest is in Tyrone, I think, with, with two clubs that have played. And, Sean, and like this weekend being the big opening weekend, really, for me, where we've nearly all the counties between football and hurling. Across the board, like minor championship, as you said, Mark, minor championship coming into play next Wednesday night in Clare. Football hurling really kicking in. Would we be worried? Like, you know, I, I, I'm no doctor or, you know, a medical expert, but <clears throat> is this a real worrying time now with the, with the cla- like, I, as I said to you about the Crocs Borden match, full blooded game, and there was a fair bit of thumping. Now, in fairness to Sean Stack, he, he gave out two yellow cards and let him play away, but. There was a fair bit of uh, wrestling and jostling and stuff. St- the, the opposite, anyway, to social distancing, anyway, for sure. You know, so yeah. this this would be my worry in the next few weeks that things would escalate again, and we could see a scenario where the county, the club scene, mightn't be finished even. Never mind the county getting going. So yeah. Well, I think um, it's interesting. The two cases in Cork now, the one in North Cork and the one in West Cork, they're completely the opposite as to what actually happened. So um, in, in, in the incident in North Cork, there was a, a player, I think, travelled from Dublin and on the way down, he didn't feel great. And he contacted the club to say, look, that he wasn't going to play the match or go to the game himself. And he went away and got himself tested and he actually did test, um, I think, positive. But there was, um, he, had, he had been training the week previous. So that was the concern for the club. And they stopped all action um, at that point. But I think all the players have been tested and were at training and there's no negative result. The different scenario then happened in West Cork where a person who attended a party had been tested the day before she went to the party and never said anything. I went to the party and two days later tested as positive. Now, that person knew that they weren't feeling well. So that's where I would have a big issue. Like, the personal responsibility that people take for their actions is the key thing here, Anthony, I think. And, uh, you know, that was a player in the Narcox scenario, so he knew himself and maybe fair play to the club had given them good guidance and stuff like that. On the other scenario, it was a lay person who wasn't involved maybe with a team and stuff like that. But the fact that the person had been tested, should have been enough to say, I need to really pull back here and not be involved with a wider community. And it's unfortunate that that has happened, but 
personal responsibility is a big thing here. And, you know, I, I think a lot of clubs are doing their damnedest to make sure that they keep their people safe, they keep their members safe. And that's, and like, in fairness to the HSC, everything is documented. You know, there's a huge amount of work going on in promoting what's the best thing to do, the social isolating, the washing the hands, coughing into your arm, all that stuff. So that is brilliant. But if people ignore that, well, then they're putting themselves and everybody else at risk. Yeah. A lot of mixed messages. A lot of mixed messages as well, Dale. Like, um, like even for, like, let's say, take myself. I can go. I can't go to the hill in that long for a pint, but I can go to America. And even this morning, right, they're basically saying we don't want you to travel. We're not advising anybody to travel. But here's the green list. So again, like, and even on the GA side of it, one of the issues that I would have uh, for some of the players at the moment with all the matches coming up is the lack of the use of a dressing room. Maybe there's some protocol that could have been used around that as well. Because if you, you know yourself, play a championship match there at Manon, which the forecast isn't great for the weekend, and you come off the pitch after, we'll say, 60 minutes, and you're just drenched in sweat, wet. Like, having that shower there within 10 minutes is critical just for their recovery, get everything right. Whereas some people could be driving 30, 40, 45 minutes back home. So there would be a risk of getting sick in there as well. So I don't did know. You, um, did you ever play in the Limerick Soccer League, TJ? Uh, no, Dilla, I had two left legs and they were only good for standing on, thank God. <laughs> my, my football career and my soccer career was, was, was never around, but I do know what you're talking about, that Sunday morning soccer, maybe it was early. Yeah. And to go back to what you said earlier on about you were never a doctor, there is a good ring to Dr. Anthony Daly, all right, isn't there? Maybe there could be something. Yeah. To, I see you doing a lot of work there for, for, for the HSC, so Dr. Don't, don't lose sight just yet. Uh, I, yeah. I've no... I've no uh, I have no issue with the dressing rooms. I think the dressing rooms should be closed. I think the showers should be closed. I think um, I am involved with the Laura Camogie team as well. Every Camogie team in Ireland, I think at club level, they travel to the matches, they play their championship games. Uh, the facilities, as you well know, in a lot of the dressing rooms aren't conducive to the girls showering. They get into their cars and they go home and shower. I think that's a, a small sacrifice we have to make to get the games up and running. Uh, what I am worried about, TJ, is uh, we're talking about streaming the games this weekend. So 15 Laurel lads can't go to the match, right? One lad says, come over to my place now. Yeah. We'll watch it here and we'll have a few beers. And then it's very easy to have 15, 20 people in the one room watching Laura against Torres Arsils and, and everybody chomping at the bit and no social distancing. So from that perspective, I think it, that's a bigger worry. And I think... The 500 in Cusick Park Innes or Parky Keeve or, or Park Nguyen or Simple Stadium, you know, it's, it's just a dot in the ocean. And I think that's where people have to put on their thinking hats and say, this is more practical than people meeting in enclosed spaces or in houses, in small sitting rooms, to stream a game live and 20 people watching it. And I just thought of that, TJ, when you're actually speaking about the games, you know, that's something yeah. to think about as well. And Ken, is the 500 not going to be looked at until the 10th of August or have the GAA a possibility here of flipping this before then? They've appealed anyway, TJ. Yeah, They've appealed, okay. but I, I believe it won't happen before this weekend. It won't happen before right. this weekend. So we're hoping for an August scenario of the next round of championships that there will be 500. Okay, you can, not, you, can, you can imagine. Not a big thing to ask. No. You know, it's not a big thing to ask. No, no. Even in Clarkassa last night, uh, we were chatting away, myself and the two two wee brothers now, social distancing and etc. And and Pat Fergie's involved in the, the county or the club committee. And Pat says to Fergie, What's all the red X's about? He says, This this the social distancing now, because we're hosting 
uh, two intermediate championship matches, I think, over the weekend. That's that's the advisory thing, like where this is how close you should be unless it's a family member, you know. Um, I, I also think as well, Ken, on that, like, you know, and hopefully we get a reprieve by the following weekend and that we we will get more numbers in. <laughs> so also, you know, the thing with the, the pubs being closed and the wet pubs being closed, like if you were the likes of Ferns, as we mentioned a few times, and I'm not saying Ferns, Ferns probably could win now this weekend and get back into the championship, but if they're knocked out a Saturday evening and you're, you're out of the championship, by the way, like, and the first thing really, lads, when we're knocked out of the championship is we all were there looking across at each other in the dressing room saying, where are we going for one? Like, you know, and, and, and the pubs closed, you know, I think, again, that was, that was a mistake to my mind. That, that you know, we saw your man in Newcastle West with a bit of controversy, the Whelan lad there, uh, TJ. But Jesus, see his layout, yeah, to put a lot of the pubs that are serving food. And I have only been in one of those to shame with the layout he had. Now, how, how that goes on later on the night, we don't know. But look, lads, I, I think great stuff there. We, you know, we touched on so many things, couple of ones, TJ, Napiercy, Kinmelloch, just for the punter out there. Would, would you say the Piercing, obviously, Shane Dowling, out? Um, I think they've one or, two, they've one or two other injuries as well, Delo. Yeah, I, I, I'm on the similar line of thinking to you here, right? I think Kimalik, I just checked Paddy Border, there's about 130 at the moment, Kimalik. If there is a bit of value in the Limerick Championship, it might be Kimalik. Like, the losers, obviously, will still probably qualify. So it's, it's, it's not kind of winner takes all, right? But if there is something going to happen this weekend, 130 on Kamalek Dela, I wouldn't put you off it. Yeah, and I want to ask you, I know Thomas's are a, a certainty uh, to win in, in Pierce Stadium. Uh, but come here, the Torlock Moore Mellows game jumps out at me as one that's saucy. I, there's been a lot of talk about Torlock Moore, isn't there, over the last two or three years, the amount of players they've had coming through. And obviously, then Mellows having won a championship and appeared in a couple of more finals. Like, that's, yeah, speaking uh, of- that's a tight one to call. A very tight one. Speaking of underage setups like Torlock Moore, probably really led the charge there with the sale of wins and stuff like that. It's been going on for a while now. And last year in the semi final, really, really went down to the wire. We had a purple patch before half time, but they came back at us and we were lucky to survive. So there's no doubt about it. They're coming. Mellows have been there or thereabouts, nothing between us for the last couple of years. So that game is very, very, very tight. I, I, I just couldn't call it. I don't know the inside of both camps as to how they're going with injuries. But it's a very, yeah. very 50... I, I even think the bookies actually have that match at a 50-50, even money or choice. Like, so I couldn't call it. And Ken, I'll sit in the fence, Dale, like yourself. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll know. I'll give an opinion on a couple of the clear games. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the big... I, I go there before I ask you, Ken, because I think there's two, two huge ones, as you've mentioned already in tip. Um, we can't go to Cork because uh, your man does nothing about football anyway. Big ball, big ball, they're not. Junior B, you, you, know, you know about Junior B, Cork, East Cork football, <laughs> there, boy, I tell you, unreal. But in clear, like the, the, the big ones are like Kilmaley and Cracklow, which was, you know, Cracklow beat them last year in the semi final when nearly the whole county expected Kilmaley to win. They'd won the county league uh, and they kind of flopped on the day, and, and, and Cracklow didn't really turn up in the final, and the bridge won it easy enough. And, I think because I Kimeli, as you said about prices, teachers Kimeli eleven to eight would jump out of me as being value like the, the underage they've had as well in the last winning minors, twenty ones and very strong panel with the likes of Connor Cleary then as well, um, Clooney Quinn and Ina Kilnamona another big one but I think Ina Kilnamona could be an outside bet for the championship in Clare and then the other one would be Six Mile Bridge and Aerog Guinness and Aerog have steadily been improving and obviously with O'Donnell and Reedy. 
and, and now Liam Curry is looking like a starter for Clare as well, a cornerback. Three county men. Iroke haven't had three county men in as long as in my lifetime, I'd say, since since the days of uh, you'd remember him, Ken Declan Coot and and and, and Noly Ryan, Sean Heaslip, these guys, Barry Smith. Uh, they haven't had three, so that's that's a very interesting one as well. So. Yeah, I think Kamele Quattro, the pick game and clear. But really, Ken, the one, like for me, Boris and Toome jumped out at me from being very friendly with Richie, obviously, like, you know, and uh, like the whole rivalry between the two of them for years and years. And you're talking about the bookies, like there'll be no bookies there. <laughs> they'll, they'll be meeting at the crossroads to back that one because uh, the dogs, the horses, it all pays into comparison with Bursley and... Uh, Toom, what a game! I'm just hoping to get the call from local radio to do that, yeah. <laughs> or else I'll have to hire a helicopter because this is this is one for the annals. Because Bursley, uh, Munster club champions, you know, all Ireland club finalists, Tommy Vara, who have been the sleeping giant, Tommy and Ken have put in a huge amount of work there, and now, of course, to go for the boot and bollock with <laughs> Owen Brisland coming in, and Owen is going to add a bit of cut to this team. And they're there on the periphery. We're very hard, in hard luck against Kildare last year in the county quarter final. Young team, hungry, and I know on his backroom team have done a lot of work. They've travelled the country playing games. So from that perspective, that's a very tight one to call. In an actual fact, you know, uh, you know, huge efforts from Brendan Maher last year, Dan McCormick and Paddy Stapleton, huge leaders for Versailles. If they're not unsung, you could have a wager there on Tomb maybe to pull that one. Right, and you were saying earlier, I know from talking to John Malan, uh, and he does a bit of uh, ambassador stuff work for, for Paddy Power, I think they're one of the bookies anyway. He has Kilroan down as his outside bet to win the Tip County Championship. But you were saying that Turles sort of have pulled together and, and are sort of, I know they'd be an aging team, but Turles <coughs> would have an awful lot of underage every year coming through, wouldn't they? Yeah, and Turles have moved out, as you know, to the race uh, course road there. That's their news. They have a fabulous pitch out there. Turles were always handicapped in the sense that the backfield in Turles was their pitch and, you know, huge, huge history there. But having said that, you know, every team was there. Every, every person was passing through. They've done an amount of work out there. They have two senior teams this year. Obviously, they won the county intermediate two years ago. Larry and all the lads are still playing. Billy McCarthy's back from injury, may not play with the A team, but could play with the B team. And we wish Billy all the best because a Tom Parsons-like injury, you know, at a very young age, he would have, he would have, played a, he would have been part of that temporary set up last season only for, only for unfortunate events. So I think that, you know, in Holy Cross again, 200 people to watch it. Oh my God, this is going to be some mm-hmm. stuff. Because <coughs> Tommy Maher has had great success with Torres Sarsfields, but uh, Billy O'Shea is still at the helm. Noel Larkin is back in there again. So from that perspective, Buggy O'Mara has immigrated. He's out of the country. Now, he was a great focal point to win ball for uh, Killer One. They have a few injury niggles and problems which could militate against them. I expect Torres to make a statement with that one, Anthony, and win by a few points. Yeah, great stuff, Ken. And that's it. Before you just talk about people out of the, the country, is Peter Duggan back now for the... No, no, and that's oh, that's that's why you'd be going though. for yeah, that's why you'd be going trying to kill them on and that one. Like, <clears> Pete, right. When they got to the county final two years ago, the replay with the bridge and um, oh Jesus, Pete Duggan was unreal, like mm. just and yeah. you know Fergal Lynch is probably gone now at this stage. He he played full back last year and he 
he's not a full back anyway, like whereas he'd been full forward the year they got to the county final two years ago. So yeah, uh, great stuff. I'd certainly be paying my tenor ten to watch uh, Boris and Toome anyway. Uh, I, I'd even, you know, that's one. Uh, where did you? Is it played in Holy Cross? Is it? No, Killer One and Taurus is in Holy Cross. Boris okay. and Toome is in the traditional venue of Nina, which oh. there should, which, which has good facilities for for TV coverage and has. Uh, uh, a huge tradition of holding Bursley two matches where there was nearly 12,000 ahead, never mind 200, you know. So, mm. perspective, we'll look forward to it. It'll be interesting to look in uh, if I stream it uh, to see how many are sitting on the walls and on trees looking in outside. That, that was one of the things that jumped out of me in Wexford watching yeah. the highlights when they played what you call the pitching in Escarty. Is it Hollymont or Hollymont? They play uh, a few of the games were played there, but there was loads of lads outside the wall. With the two hands up in the yeah. wall, you know. Uh, be a, a lot of ladders being pulled out now, Dela. Well, it was discussed last night because Pat Duhi, as I mentioned earlier, uh, is, a, is a tradesman and does boilers and all that, but would obviously have to go up into attics and places. So I said, Dela, I have a couple of ladders there at home. I'd be fitting them to the roof of the van. He says, so feel free. <laughs> feel free to jump, jump in with me. Go down. So, yeah, lads, it's brilliant. And uh, look, uh, TJ, we'll wish you the best to look. No such thing as a certainty. I was going to just kind of say to you there, Kilmele at 11 to 8 and Kilmalik at 130 would get you 50 for your fiver. So it might be a little bit of value there. We'll put yeah, our we'll neck in the black, right? It would, it would more than cover the streaming of the Boris Toome game for me. Like, you know, so <laughs> I might invest that fiver. I might invest that fiver, TJ. Um, we'll see. We'll see. But look, lads, thanks a million for today. I think you've brought great. To the people listening, I think you've got brought oh, great no. uh, oh, Dela. various. Dela, look what's happening. Oh, God. Oh, no. TJ, TJ, take it off, TJ. Take it off. For, for the people that can't see us, uh, he'll probably oh. put it in at some stage. He's after putting on a hat like Jack Charlton, not the mercy name, he used to wear when he was going fishing. But there's a big Liverpool logo across the top of it. So he's the champagne ready below in Knock Long tonight. Tonight's tonight, Dela. We've yeah. been waiting a while. What you say is the name of the pub in Nocklong that's not allowed open? The Hill. The Hill could open tonight, I'd say, the back door. (laughs) (laughs) Chips and burgers. Uh, you, 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 yeah, pizza, the pizza, the frozen pizza, (laughs) hell from Eldie. Come on, we give it to you after 30 years and say good luck again, we don't want to see you no more. Down the yellow. <laughs> because you're like the United crowd now, the way you're going on with the roar and the shouting. <laughs> okay, lads. Thanks a million. And Ken, especially thanks for joining us today. And no doubt we look forward to catching up with you as the year goes on. We'll be, we'll be, we'll be podcasting Christmas week this year, Ken. So last year, in fairness, you were good enough to pop up to the Burlington to Larry's room. Uh, the morning after the All Ireland, that was some occasion. <laughs> I was looking, I was looking to find Larry's room. Larry's room. That's for the podcast. I tell you, Larry Ryan doesn't do things by halves or the examiner like in the borough, like you know, as the lair like in the room. And let's just say it wasn't this just an ordinary room either. There was a touch of a sweet about it. In bed with Dale. But look, uh, we'll be looking forward to lots of those days as the year goes on and. Um, Hopefully, as I said, I know we had to bring up about the increased cases and, and a few scares would look as hopefully, as you said, now, nah, personal responsibility out there. Anyone listening to us, please, lads, you know, I know it's, it's summer, it's, Jesus, it's so difficult to comprehend that we can't do, like, as you said, TJ, go down tonight and watch 
Liverpool being crowned champions in the pub with a few ales. Uh, it's hard, but we have to, I suppose, go by the rules and that's maybe what should get us our full season. So thanks, folks, for listening and uh, be safe, be good, and we'll talk to you next week. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.